Welcome to Care of Souls, a podcast of 180 Ministries where Dr. Stuart Scott serves as the executive director. 180 Ministries equips local churches with biblical counseling by offering counseling, education, and consulting services. Visit our website at 180ministries.org to learn more about how we can serve you. This podcast is being recorded in cooperation with the Masters University, where Dr. Scott also serves as a professor of biblical counseling. Visit their website at masters.edu to learn more about their programs in biblical counseling. It's good to be with you on the Care of Souls podcast today. I'm here again with Pastor Adam Tyson and Dr. Stuart Scott, ready to discuss this next episode, or really a continuation of our previous episode in this One Another series on forgiving one another from Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, which says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Stuart and Adam, take it away. Yeah. We have to remember when we're dialoguing with people and we've sinned against them, there's always a vertical, I've sinned against God too. Yeah. Now, positionally, we've been forgiven all of our sins in Christ in Colossians 2.13, but practically in our parental, in his, the parental relationship God has with us, we want to always maintain of asking for forgiveness from the Lord mm. that affects our communion, our walk with him, as we're confessing to our brother or sister. Yeah, you're touching on the point here that once you've been born again, you've been forgiven of all of your sins mm. of past, present, and future. Right. However, we still confess those sins to restore that familial relationship where we're close with our Father in the relationship, not in our position. Right. We're still His son, His daughter, but in relationship, we are. there's nothing in between us. Right, and that's Apostle John writing, who was in Christ, right? He was mm -hmm. a believer, uh, but yet he's saying if we are confessing our sins, an ongoing pattern, uh, he is faithful. So it, it's for all believers to keep confessing uh, in just our, our living out and enjoying that walk with the Lord. Yeah, well, that's part of the Lord's prayer, isn't mm -hmm. it? Forgive us yeah. as we forgive those who trespass against us. Well, Dr. Scott, as long as we're talking about forgiveness, there's another r really common passage that people talk about, and I want to ask and get your take on how that fits with forgiveness. But in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. You know, when we talk about that, oftentimes we, someone may say, hey, you need to forgive them or let love cover, so kind of let it go, don't, don't really deal with it, because there's some things you just got to let love cover. That's how I've heard it mentioned a lot, of, a lot of times. How does that fit with what we're discussing here about biblical forgiveness? Yeah, thank you, Adam. And it, uh, this is one that I was taught early on as a Christian, that you just cover everything you can cover. Uh, unless the sin that someone's committed sort of blows the covers off. <laughs> That's what I was taught. Uh, <laughs> you were taught this by your parents? No, I was actually... In church? A, a, it was a biblical counselor, early okay. on in biblical counseling, who says, you let love cover everything it can cover, and if love can't cover, if, if the sin blows the covers off, then you deal with it. So almost going back to what we discussed last week of the idea of you just forgive them, like a blanket forgiveness. Yeah, yeah ignore it, it. But if it gets to the point to where that blanket is getting flapping in the wind, right. <laughs> then maybe you deal with it. That's right. Okay. And, and it didn't make any sense to me, because I'm going, I don't want to cover what I shouldn't, 
right? I I don't want to be okay with something that I should deal with. Yeah. And I don't want to deal with something that I should be covering. Well, that's right? good. Well, talk to us about that. How, how are we to understand that? Well, in 1 Peter 4, 8, uh, where it says uh, in verse, it starts there, and you're dealing with a church that's going through very a difficult times, suffering, and, and how to live in a very, uh, even a time of persecution— it says, above all, in, in the body of Christ, keep loving one another earnestly. Uh, love ought to be on high display among the Christians mm-hmm. in a time when the outside world's pressing in on you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have problems in the same foxhole. Right. You don't want friendly fire coming at you. Yeah. You know, the enemy's out there, not not in here. So love earnestly, love. And, and that, I remember when I'm going, well, it doesn't make sense cover everything you can cover. Uh, some people cover adultery uh, mm. that's going on in the church. You know, well, we know what's going on. It's like the in Corinth, mm-hmm. the man was involved with his stepmother sexually. Well, apparently they were covering it, and they were still meeting, and Paul had to address it. Mm. You know, we had that going on in a church I used to serve at, where there was a lady who came to our church, and uh, on the morning she visited, we had a church discipline issue that came out publicly at the end of the service. And I thought to myself, well, this lady's probably never going to come back. Yeah. I knew her from the community, and I and she ran up to me right after the service. She says, what do you call that? And I'm like, well, about what we did at the end of the service? And she's like, yes. And I said, well, that's called church discipline. You know, we really worked with this individual who had an ongoing sin. Uh, they wouldn't repent. And so the Bible says we're to tell that to the church so that we can all pray for them. And she said to me, I'm coming to this church. Wow. She said, my husband and I have been at this church down the road, and he's committed adultery, and he plays in the band, plays the drums in the band. So she went to her pastor and said, hey, pastor, you know, we're struggling. I'm sorry to say this, but my husband's committed adultery, and you need to talk to him. And he said, you know what, we're going to let love cover that, and we're not going to confront him. So he kept playing in the band. And she said, you know what, I can't stomach this anymore, I'm leaving. And he told her, you shouldn't leave, we should just let him keep playing in the band, because maybe God will eventually convict him of his sin. And she had had enough. And so she's like saying, actually, I want to come to this church where this is dealt with biblically, because I can't keep covering this anymore. Right. Yeah, and that's all all too common uh, among many well-meaning, well, uh, Christians, professing Christians who... They don't want to deal with issues. They want to ignore them, uh, move on. Um, they don't love people well enough or, or at the depth that Christ wants us to love. Now, it has to be a clear sin. That's another thing. It covers a multitude of sins. We're not dealing with preference issues, right? We're not dealing with just communication issues. We're not dealing with conscience issues, wisdom issues. There's all kinds of other things things that can cause conflict. So there's a degree of being long-suffering right. and having patience That's right. and not jumping on every single situation. That's right. But if there's clear sin... A clear sin, a breaking of God's law, right? Omission, commission. Psalm 32 is probably the passage I like to go to first because it uh, David uses that phrase cover, mm-hmm. which is from the word atonement, right? To That's cover right. sin. And he says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And right there, uh, because that's the only place in, the, uh, in First Peter that it's talking about covering sin, you have to go back to Old Testament to go, what is this talking about? Mm-hmm. Well, David clearly sinned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's referring there to his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah. 
and he starts with a conclusion that his transgression is now forgiven, mm -hmm. because of Psalm 51, he mm -hmm. confessed it, and his sin then is covered. Mm -hmm. So the covering comes after the sin's been confessed, mm -hmm. here, uh, the way David's talking about it. And he goes on, he says, "'Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. That's the effects of guilt. And verse 5 says, I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And I think what helped me begin to understand is, oh, love does cover a multitude of sins when they've been dealt with. Mm. Not, not ignoring... Not, not before, but not after. Be yeah, after. And to bear that out is there's a few Proverbs that also talk about covering. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers or hides all offenses. Now, that says all offenses. So if you say, well, we just need to cover sin, well, if you take that, then you'd cover them all and never deal with any. Mm. It's, it's talking there about when someone has done something against you, hatred is going to go tell everybody else, but love's going to deal with it and then hide it. So part of covering the sin is after it's properly been dealt with, and you confess that sin to God and to the person, and they you've both asked for and granted forgiveness, you're saying part of the covering is keep it between the parties that need to know. Mm -hmm. There's a particular uh, group that might be appropriate to know that information, but it doesn't necessarily always become public for everybody. Right. Be the Matthew 18, go to them private, uh -huh. and then take maybe one or two with you to help you resolve it, and then... If it's on that level, it's probably a pretty serious issue that the person, you know, that, that we need to get more involved so on just, a church level. So to make sure I'm understanding, let love cover all sins. We're not talking about, in that context, that's the atonement. In that context, we're yep. saying it's more of, if the atonement has done its work through forgiveness, yep. then you be wise and prudent about who and how you talk and refer to that person going forward. Right. And the other Proverbs are similar that talk about this. Proverbs 17, 9, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Mm. So you know, that promise that I deal with it and then I hide it. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's dealt with, but I don't go tell other people and repeat it, which would be gossip and slander. possibly slander. Mm. And then uh, chapter 19... Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. And that proverb is, is more talking about initial reactions. Don't have a knee-jerk reaction in your anger to an offense. But initially, let the, the issue go by and really love your brother, love your sister, and find out what's happening. It doesn't mean don't deal with it. That's talking more about the first initial reaction it's, a, it's the glory of a person to overlook. It's not the same word for cover. It's to overlook an offense means let it go by and find out what's going on with the person. But you, you have to deal with the issue, mm -hmm. but maybe not at the time. 
Okay. Don't give over to anger. Yeah, just as you're working through this, I, my mind's just going, thinking about, well, if there's certain sins that have happened in the church between friends or between a husband and wife or parents and children, you know, they could take this to the degree of like, well, we shouldn't tell the pastor, or we don't need to tell our small group leader, but maybe we need to provide some wisdom and discernment of who they talk to. Does it mean never say anything to anybody? Or it may be there's appropriate places where you need to bring that to your leadership, just so they're aware, so they yeah. can love you, hold you accountable, be be aware that maybe you're not qualified to serve in a certain position momentarily. Right. And I would think, yeah, that would be the weighty... All sin is an affront to God, mm-hmm. but there's there's weightiness to some of the sins, right? Mm-hmm. There are certain sins in the Old Testament that there was a sacrifice made. There were other sins you commit and you die. <laughs> you know, there, there's there's weightiness yeah. to some of the sins, and so that's what I would say. Well, if it was like a husband cheating on his wife, that probably needs to go up, right? It's yeah. someone else to get involved in church leadership. If he was just angry with her and said some harsh words probably they don't need to go outside that. So it's mm-hmm. just trying to think through, sure. do we really need to, at what level, the weightiness, where someone's so angry they were getting ready to really hit their kid, uh, their child, and abuse them, uh, that probably needs to go up a notch yeah. outside just a husband and wife confession. Yeah, and even at that point, it's not like you're trying to uncover it no. to embarrass them. Right. You're just holding on to good accountability, right. moving forward with appropriate awareness, so that they can watch and pray for and encourage and, and maybe help you grow in, 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 in your recovery from that situation. Right. The, the, the last uh, reference here, and I think sheds light on, you deal with sin, and then you cover it. It's hid. It's, it's done. Is the end of James, when it says, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So it's say, deal with the issue. Mm-hmm. And the issue has been covered then. The, the covering comes at the end, but the majority view out there among believers is covering comes at the beginning. And so a lot of sin is not dealt with. And I, I believe it's a matter of not loving the way Christ loves us. In Proverbs, it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And it says, open admonishments better than love carefully concealed. If I love someone, if it's a serious sin, I mean, it's a sin, it's not a preference, wisdom issue. If I just wait for a while, if it's a Christian, mm-hmm. God's Spirit works on the person's heart, and they'll probably come back and say, you know, what I said, what I did wasn't right, please forgive me. I don't have to be play the role of the Spirit. I just need to pray mm. and love the person. Mm. And it doesn't mean all of a sudden you're, I'm coming at you and talking with you and I'm going to bring someone else in five minutes if you don't acknowledge. It's, it's not that fast. Is let the Spirit of God work who indwells each of, his chi- of, of the children of God. And usually within an amount of time, someone, you know, the believer recognizes they said or did something that was wrong and they confess it. Mm. And you praise God and is covered. Mm. Uh, if they don't come to you and you pray, and I would say let some time go by, you know, maybe a few hours or depending on what the issue is, then go to them and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Did, did I hear you right? Did I did I see you do this? Did you I hear you say that? Uh, and that question will prick their conscience. Mm. 
mo- I would say 80% of the time, that's all that's needed with a Christian. Asking good questions. Ask it, pray, them pray love mm-hmm. them well, ask good questions, because you care for them. Mm. And you want to make sure you give the, the story straight. Maybe they didn't say what you thought you heard. You get the story straight, and now they go, yeah, I did say that. Mm. Now their conscience is awakened, so to speak, and then they, they confess their sin. If they say, yeah, I said it, uh, it was harsh, it was mean, it was sinful, but I meant it, mm. and I'm not going to deal with it, boy, I, you know, then I, I'm praying, then you wait for some more time, and then you bring Scripture to come to the person, right? You come up and say, brother, I, you know, I want to make sure I, I, there's nothing I need to deal with on my part, but you know what the Scripture says. Uh, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, and you, you lovingly bring Scripture to bear, and if they won't listen to Scripture, it's a more serious issue at that point. Well, you have to go to step two at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's when I would want to bring one or two more with me and say, let's help help my brother or my sister on this one. Yeah. You know, the beauty of all of this, Dr. Scott, is that our God is a forgiving God. He is. And he forgives us in Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's why David was so excited when you said, you know, at the beginning of Psalm 32, he says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. You know, Mm. you get the idea here is he wants to talk about it, and he wants to share with others that he is now a forgiven man, and he is someone who has had his sin covered. You know, he worked through what he worked through. We're we're thinking that maybe this Psalm 32 is written maybe even a year later, Mm -hmm. Psalm 51, in the near time of his sin, Mm -hmm. uh, Psalm 32, after he had some time to think about it, and then he's just rejoicing. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. And really, you know, when we work through the forgiveness in the way that God calls us to, it's a time to rejoice, a time to be thankful, a time to shout it from the rooftops. Amen. I'm forgiven. Yeah. I was a wretched sinner, yeah. and I and I messed up here, here, and here. This is somebody sharing their testimony, you know, about what they've been through, and now they're exalting God and showing His grace and forgiving them. And then that just really motivates others to be like, I want to be where David is in verse 1 and 2. Yeah. You know, I don't want to yeah. hang out with him in verses 3 through 5, where right. he's moaning and groaning all day. I've right. been there. Yeah. But I'd love to be with him in verse 1 and 2, so let me confess it to the Lord so that I can be blessed and so that I can be one who's been forgiven and have no more deceit. Amen. And you know, he has all of the sacrificial system in mind, is that you come and acknowledge your sin, you make the sacrifices, and then your sins are atoned. Mm. They're covered. Mm -hmm. So he had that in his mind anyway, of covering doesn't come before Mm -hmm. you acknowledge your transgressions. It comes at the end when your sins are covered, and they've all been covered in Christ. Mm-hmm. for the believer. Mm-hmm. And that's why loving one another earnestly means take care of issues mm. and then cover them, because love covers a multitude of sins. Thanks, guys. To our listeners, remember how God has loved and forgiven you and covered your sins, and do the same to others. Address sin biblically. Don't ignore it, which is actually an unloving thing to do, but forgive by confronting sin with a loving attitude and do the hard work, which is often hard work, to overcome it. May the Lord bless you as you continue to forgive and cover one another's sins. Until next time, take care. Thank you for joining us today on Care of Souls. We hope you were challenged and encouraged by the truth from Scripture and are better equipped to serve Christ in His church. 
Visit our website at 180ministries.org to learn more about our resources and services. Until next time, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. May the Lord bless you as you abide in Him.